everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. That was by far the creepiest intro ever. Was it really? Absolutely. You didn't like it? No contest. Sound like you need to be on some sort of list of people to watch out for. Man. Hmm. I like that. I'll take I'll take being a bad boy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with you uh, are your three companions. I'm Rohit Rohila. Glenn Rucks here. And Kyle Reed. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's just dive right in. And first thing I'm going to do is take the microphone and toss it over to Tacoma, Washington, to my buddy, Glenn. Glenn, you want to take it away? Sure. So goals. Goals in life are a lot like competitions. And I started looking at, at myself and I go, you know what? Am I competing or am I just treating it like a game show on TV where I'm yelling answers at the screen? It's a really tough thing to look at yourself and ask. Are you really competing or are you just sitting on the sidelines watching and telling everyone else you know what to do? It's kind of a hard look at life. But I think if we do this kind of a look, if we take that kind of look at ourselves, it's going to bring out a better result if we are truly honest with ourselves. So, Kyle, what do you think? So you're saying, essentially, that people are like a couch quarterback, more or less. Instead of taking action yourself and participating in driving the outcome of your own life, you're spectating others' lives and providing color commentary and... uh, and, and not really do anything about it yourself. Is that kind of what you're doing? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's think of it like your goal. If, if it were to be put into a game show, right. Would be to win the big prize, the million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, we all fantasize about being on those game shows and winning the big prize because we all know the right answers, but you're sitting on the TV, you know, you're sitting there watching it with your friends and in, in the living room and, you're competing against each other to see who can answer it better. Um, but you're not actually going to win anything because you're sitting on the couch. You're not actually in the game show. You're just oh. yelling the answers at the screen. You're just a spectator. You're just a spectator. So your goal is to make that money, but you can't do it sitting on the couch. Hmm. Man. Yeah. I would say, um, to determine whether you are spectating and participating, I think you'd have to ask yourself, do you allow things to happen to you or do you create things? Um, I think it's kind of a tough one to, to dig into and, and unravel, but I think that's an important question. If you're allowing things to happen to you, then you're watching the game show called Your Life. Um, but if you're creating things, then, then you're participating in the game show. You're not just in the crowd. You're on stage with Bob Barker. Exactly. 
And I, I think that's where a lot of us are. We're, we're the couch crusaders, right? Couch crusader, we're, I like that. We're, we're willing to yell out advice and, and tell people that, hey, I know what you need to do in that situation, or I have the right answers. But you've got nothing to show for it because you're not actually doing anything with it. If you have the answers, if you know the answers, or if you know how to get to that goal, you should be at that goal, or at least on the way towards it. But if you're sitting on the couch yelling at the screen, you got to pass it to the other guy. Okay, what good is that going to do? Yeah, that kind of reminds me of uh, of past episodes when we discuss um, how we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions or, or lack of action, right? So it's really easy to pass judgment on on someone else's action because it doesn't have your personal bias attached to it. Well, well, what do you think? Yeah, what, what's interesting. So uh, many years ago, one of my friends, Lee Savage, said, Who's to say that you are the main character in your own life? And that's something that <laughs> at the time I, I wasn't really sure what he meant. He said it, you know, back in the college days. And at the time, like it, it's just kind of mean a lot more to me now. And one of my favorite books, something that I try to read at least once a year is Cyrano de Bergiac. And that is a character where I believe he 100% was not the main character of his own life and just how he went about things knowing that I think he had come to accept that he wasn't the main character. And there's so many things that, that we do. We take a look at our own lives and all of us want to believe that we're the main character in our own life, but are we truly the main character or would the main character be a television set? the main character be your job if you were to take your entire day say everything was being filmed and played it and fast forward where you just see the the big chunks where are you most of the time what are you doing and a a good example of this is as you guys know i like to take time lapse time lapse videos of my parties and there are times when when i'll take a look at them and I see someone hasn't moved in probably two hours. They're, <laughs> they're just, it, it, yeah. Or the famous one that I always remember is Ruben. He's sitting on a stool and maybe every hour he'll, he'll rotate one per, one time. He's talking to someone on his right. Then an hour later, he's talking to someone on his left, but literally there's this entire party where he didn't move. And you, you just think about how we do that in life ourselves there's there's so many people who like to not be proactive in their life because now there's something on the line and what you're giving up is the ability to say i told you so to someone else say that again just that last so so yeah, Ruben just did not move. And I was like, man, Ruben, what are you doing? No, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I, I believe that 
when you are proactive with your life, you give up the ability to say, I told you so. And I think that kind of corresponds with episode six that we did way back when, way back, back on November 10th, 2015. Uh, <laughs> and the episode one uppers, that's, that's what one upping is all about is if you aren't the main character in your own life, if you're just a side character, like Glenn's talking about, if, if you're not an active participant in your own game show and you're just shouting out the answers, then you aren't taking a risk. And really, at the end of the day, what's a risk? I'm not talking about jumping out of an airplane. Yes, that's a risk. But I'm also talking about the people who will, you know, if, if you're out in public, you won't even say hi to someone. For for the three of us, I believe saying hi to someone, that, well, within our comfort zone, it's it's not anything way out there. But for someone else, it might be way outside their comfort zone. But by continuously not doing it, it continues to remain outside your comfort zone. And the more of a side character you are in your own life, you give up the opportunity to say to other people, I told you so. I knew this wouldn't work. I told you it wouldn't work. And now look at you. If you just were like me and were reactive in your life instead of proactive in your life, you wouldn't be in this circumstance. But they only talk about that when something negative happens. Hmm. Do you think those people actually give up that opportunity, though? Or do you think they still do it because they're not looking at themselves regardless? Oh, do you mind uh, diving in a little bit more? Yeah, so you're saying that um, the people who are not proactive with their lives give up the opportunity to be able to say, I told you so to someone. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that though, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that those individuals will still do so because they, they are still too busy looking externally. They're not looking uh -huh. at themselves and taking anything proactively. They're still just spectating. They're so caught up in watching this game show that they're not even watching their own life. They're watching someone else's. Yeah. So they're not even a participant in their own life. They're just a spectator on the sidelines. Yeah. And they're spectating so much. They're also spectating someone else. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think, or, or I believe sometimes we get so wrapped up in the lives of other people. We love to see them fail because it makes us feel good. Perfect example of that is the, the Kardashian show. Oh like everyone God. loves that because, because people are like, Oh wow. Like look at them. They're, they're rich and they're snobby and they do all these things and they overreact and all that kind of stuff. Ha ha ha. I would never be like that. Well, guess what? Look at the lifestyle they have and look at the lifestyle you have. Yeah. I was going to say it's so, it's so like, odd right that that's the thing is because they are extremely successful from a from a financial standpoint but yet we watch that because it makes us feel better because it's quote unquote garbage tv garbage mm -hmm. tv that everyone watches not me <laughs> millions millions of people do and the millions of people yeah. translates into millions of dollars 
So yeah, I, I want to go back though to one thing, Rohit. You said um, individuals tend to to enjoy seeing other people fail. Yeah. Why is that? Do we do we enjoy it, or is it we enjoy the fact that? it essentially celebrates our stagnance and because we're not moving someone who's moving backwards or failing, uh, that is our way of essentially making it look like we're moving. Like we're in a car parked, but everything's going backwards behind us. Dude, it's that Jerry Springer show thing, you know, (laughs) people and go, my life is not that bad. So I must be doing something right. It's mm-hmm. an excuse, and it's an excuse not to improve. I'm not as bad as that person, so I don't have to improve. Yeah. So does that give you the false sense that you are doing something? No, I, I think what it does or is it gives you it gives you a ready that. excuse that you use as a justification. So justification that you're just fine where you're at. That's that's what it's it's giving you is that false justification. I can use this as an excuse. I don't have to improve because I'm. I can point back at this person to say, "I'm not like that person. I'm doing a million times better because my ex-wife isn't cheating with some uh, midget horse." <laughs> well, what the? <laughs> it's not cheating. It's your ex-wife. Jerry, Jerry Springer here. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know just. It's just that that simple. People like to have excuses as to why they're not making it in life. Well, I'm I'm not as bad as that, so I'm actually making it. I'm doing better than than that person. Because if you don't have an excuse, then it's actually uh, up to you, right? That's the thing. You, no one wants to take personal responsibility. They'd rather have that excuse, that boogeyman ex- to blame it on. Ninety percent of of personal development comes down to you're responsible for your own life. That's just my personal view on that. 90% of it is being responsible for your own life. Don't blame anyone else. The other 10% is doing something with it. Are you trying to tell me that I'm exactly where I planned to be right now? No, I'm saying the actions you took brought you to exactly where you are right now. Well, exactly. Whether I would like to have been somewhere else, mm-hmm. what I had done has put me where I'm at today. Yep, your lack of plans put you where you're at. Oh, shit. Oh. Well, imagine where I would be if I fucking planned more. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I I believe that's it what, falls. That's what I realized when I was looking at my finances, what back in October. Yeah, I started working three jobs. It's crazy. It's like I'm exactly where I put myself. I've got to change it. I've got no one I can blame for it. That's good. Hmm. What were you saying, Rohit? You had you had something as well. Yeah, I believe. Earlier, you're talking about why is it that we like to see other people fail, and I'd like to go with episode 171, which was BMM, bare minimum mode. Now we all fall into bare minimum mode, 
And that's just subconsciously, what's the least amount of effort I can do to achieve the same amount of results? And what am I willing to settle with? And I believe that's why we enjoy watching people fail. If someone comes up, oh, great example, network marketing. Network marketing takes courage. It takes somebody who is willing to step out of their comfort zone to achieve the only viable way for the mass population to become successfully rich. Now, when it comes to that, the majority of the people will say no. And they sit back and wait anxiously for that person to fail so that then they can come in and say, ha, I told you so. I told you this wouldn't work. My cousin's nephew's barber's uncle tried it and it didn't work. And because of that, we feel better about ourselves because we're like, okay, they're putting in all this effort. I'm not putting in any effort. Look at everything that they are risking. I'm not risking anything. And what are the end results? We're both exactly where we were before. Therefore, I'm right and they're wrong. So it's a way of justifying your bare minimum mode to continue putting in the minimal the minimal amount of effort that it will take to get the life that you are settling for. Oh. Yeah. I mean, if there are people that I've talked to about joining this podcast and everyone says, Oh wow. Yeah. It sounds exciting. You know, I, I see what you guys do. And, and what's, what's interesting is they've already got their mind made up on, they are not going to do it. And, you know, I, I can read people enough to know that that's what they're doing. And when I tell them the real, and, and the three of us have talked about this avidly, the real strength of this podcast for the three of us is not when the microphone is on. It's before and after the microphone, when we're gathered together in fellowship and brotherhood and we're encouraging each other and going over our hopes and dreams and accountabilities and encouragement. That's where the strength is. Every two weeks, I know I'm in a safe environment where I can tell these fellows anything, my successes, but especially my failures. And they are going to hold me accountable. They're not going to say, Oh, wow. Wow. That sucks. Oh man. I feel so bad for you. Oh, that that's a tough break. No, they're going to come back and say, okay, what did you do that caused this result? What How can you improve? What'd you learn? Yeah, exactly. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, wow, that doesn't sound like fun at all. Or, you know, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just whatever, you know, I mean, and, and I think that's where things change because for us, this podcast now is a part of who we are. It's how we define ourselves. But if we don't do this, then we lose the right to say, I told you so. Like, you know, there's been a lot of people who've joined us and a lot of a, along the way and, and people who, you know, are, are no longer a part of this. There's no ill will. Uh, no, nah, fuck him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, you know, some people left on good terms, some people left on bad terms, whatever. We'll still welcome everyone. 
because at the end, that's what this is about is it's, it's about self-improvement. And there were a lot of people who even friends of ours in those early days, like, Oh wow. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how long this goes. Fellas, we're coming up on episode 200. I, I, I'd say we're, we're fairly successful five years into it. We kind of know what we're doing a little bit more now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the people who, oh, wow, what was that episode? Um, we, we did an episode not too long ago talk about how uh, with crime, like, you know, once once they accept it or they make fun of you or, oh, man, I'm butchering this. Oh, but uh, I know what you're talking about. I'm drawing a blank, too. Yeah, but, but that's what it comes down to is the people who will step up and do something outside of their comfort zone are the people who move forward in life and the people who fall into bare minimum mode. What's the minimum amount of effort that I need to put in to achieve the same amount of results are the people who don't grow. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, like, like what Glenn talked about, there's those people who are not the main characters of their own story because they want to point to you and say, ha, Glenn, I told you that wouldn't work. And now look at you. I told you so. I would actually flip that a little bit more. They're going to be the main characters of their own story to themselves every single time. But their book is going to be extremely boring. And full of disappointment. Hmm. When they get to their last chapter, they're going to have to read their book. And they won't be happy with it. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on who said it. There's there's a personal development person. <laughs> there was a uh, a personal development person that I was following, and they said, "What if what determines what happens after you die is everybody gets into a room and shares a story, and if you had a good story to share, you go into one room, and if you didn't have a good share a story to share, you go in the other room." And that's what determines if your life was successful or not. Say that one more time. It's something along the lines of, you know, when, when we all die, we're all gathered in a room together and we all share the stories of our lives. And if you had a good story to share, you go into one room. And if you didn't have a good story to share, you go into the okay. other room. Hmm. You go upstairs or downstairs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what's but, the downstairs again, Rohit? A different podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, Glenn, I, I, I have a question for you. How can, we, how can you tell if, if you aren't self-aware? How can you tell if you are a, a competitor in your game show or a spectator in your game show? You've got to actually program your mind. You've got to make it a habit to ask yourself questions. You've got to look at your goals and say, okay, that's my goal. What can I do? What, what, what do I have to do to get to that goal? What can I do with the skills I have right now? And how can I get the skills I need to get further? And if you're asking yourselves those questions, you got you got to look at the look at it even further and go, okay, well, I've got this and I've got this. 
why am I not there now? Or why am I not at least on the pathway to it? You've got to, you've got to ask yourself these questions. You've got to make it a habit to ask yourself, what can I do? How can I get there? And why am I not there yet? And where is there? And where is there? Yeah. You got to set your goals. If you don't have a goal, your, your goal is to fail. Okay. So would you say that's the first step then is to identify your goals? Yeah. Identify a goal in life. Okay. And Roy, you had mentioned something before to um, to take out, you know, a notebook or a piece of paper or something like that and to jot down five, what was it, did you say, was it, was it traits that you said or five things that identify yourself? Uh, yeah. At, at the time, I, I said one of the things that we could do is if you take out a sheet of paper and write your name at the top and then just put five bullet points on ways to describe yourself and start it with, you know, for example, if I was doing it and I wrote, you know, Roy at the top, I would put for each of those five bullet points, Roy is and define yourself. And what that's going to do is you can't put emotion into it. So you can't say Roth is an honest guy who tries to be everyone's friend. That, 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 that doesn't mean anything. Instead, if you phrase it in saying Roth is a fierce friend, then that's something. So state facts. If you take, you, you got to take emotion out of it. And what you're left with is a list of things that describe you without emotion and then see are you okay with that list being what it is? And I'll tell you this, the the tougher you are on yourself, the more you will gain from it. So if you keep it lighthearted, you're not going to really gain anything of it. But if you really dig down and get to the heart of things, the things that you don't like are really what is going to propel you to move forward in life. So when Glenn did this, Glenn, do you, do you want to walk us through when, when you did the same thing and you saw when it came to your financial stuff, you probably weren't too happy about that. And you decided to proactively make a change. Can you, I mean, I'd love to hear how that came about for you. I started off wondering about, okay, well, how can I get completely out of debt? I'm tired of debt. I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm, tired of being broke all the time. I'm tired of not having the money to go out and do things I want to do. How can I get the extra money to get myself completely financially set? And I look at all the bills I have. I had to actually look at all the bills I had. Look at my house payment. I looked at my car payment. I went, you know what? My, my debt to income ratio sucks. How do I fix that? I could have sat there and gone, well, I just need a better job, or maybe I need to work more hours at the same job, or maybe I can cut out some expenses. Sure, I could do that, but there's only so much you can cut, and you're still in the same place. You're still bringing in the same amount, and with the average person living to their their uh, income, 
living at their income level, spending every dime they have to max out their living, I'd be in the same place. I would end up spending my money on something else. So I had to look at something different. How can I bring more money in? And keep myself so busy moving in a forward direction that I'm not able to go back to that same old pattern and spend that money. I wrote down what what my debt was. I showed it to myself. I literally totaled it out so I'd have to look at it. And the number just made me sick. I said, okay, well, how can I get out of this? There's no way I could do this in a year. But how, how soon could I get it out if I doubled my income? Okay, what if I tripled my income? I looked for ways where I could bring more money in to meet that goal. And I set myself, okay, I want to be out of debt by the time I'm 44. Let's set that as my goal. 44, I want to be completely out of debt. I don't want to have a house payment. Don't want to have a car payment. Don't want any credit cards. I want to be living completely debt free. I looked for other work. Stuff that would complement what I'm already doing, or at least allow me to keep making the same amount I'm making at one job. I added another task to my 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 background, you might say. I added another skill set. Yeah, I'm big. I'm a big fan of diversifying yourself. I think you know, Glenn. As I'm listening to you talk as well, um, I think one thing that's important is also remind yourself to constantly reinvent yourself. You've got to. You saw debt as a problem and you wanted to address it. And you recognize that, you know, right now with your current skill set, you either could attempt to make more money at your current job, cut expenses elsewhere, or take on, um, more, more roles or jobs or professions they could bring in more income, exactly. right? So right now that's where you're at. You're trading more time for more money. And I think the next step is, I think this almost applies. It's, it's kind of odd. It's got me thinking about bare minimum mode, right? Because I think that everyone wants to make as much possible with as little effort as possible. That's why passive income is such a huge deal, right? If we didn't want to contribute less and bring in more passive income wouldn't be a thing. So now I think when it's that next step is, okay, Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I've done to be able to generate more income. Now, how can I make my income generate income for me? So I'm not continuing to trade more time for these dollars. Cause at the end of the day, all you have is time and time is, is, the most valuable currency on the planet. Extremely limited. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I'm trying to get out, get my finances set in as little time as possible. So I'm willing to trade a little bit of time so that I have even more time moving beyond that. I've made a five-year plan, but I've also made 
a 10 and a 15 and a 20 year plan beyond that. I know, I know where my, where my finances will be. It's not, it's not a question of could be, no, it it will be in five years. I know exactly where I'll be. And I know, and then I know exactly what I'm going to be doing with my money that I'm saving after that. I've already planned it out. Okay, so I'm going to have to invest in this. I'm going to have to invest in this. And yeah, the investment objects may change. But the plan will not. As long as you got a plan, my man. That's the thing. Most people don't have a plan. They just rather shout at the TV. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, man. Well, shoot, I think, you know... As we as we as we wrap, I mean, Roy, do you have any last thoughts? Or that sounds so terrible. Do you have any last thoughts? Any last <laughs> words? <laughs> oh man, um, I, it's really important that you realize we are all in bare minimum mode at all times. It's not something we do on purpose it's our unconscious behavior that creates this it's not negative it's not positive for some people it is positive for some people it is negative a positive example is kyle reed with his run 365 it was just a part of who he was every day regardless of whatever he would run a mile he didn't think about it Every single day, he just did it because it was how he defined himself. Kyle Reed is someone who runs one mile every single day. His bare minimum mode was a positive. There's other people who have a negative bare minimum mode. After work, after dinner, I'm going to sit down and watch TV. I'm not, or I'm not going to read a book or whatever. And when they make their list, you know, Rohit is not someone who reads books. Is that positive or negative? That's negative. And so we all f- have bare minimum mode. And what that does is that gives us what our current lifestyle is and what we've settled with. If you're okay with that, then, you know, more power to you, I guess. But if you're not okay with that, then do something about it. You heard Glenn talk about how he stepped up. He took a look at his bare minimum mode and he was like, I'm not okay with this. I need to branch out. And so I think right there, we just presented three examples of a positive, a negative, and a negative. I'm going to do something about it. How am I going to turn it into a positive? Love it. Love it. And you can get there by defining yourself. So listeners, as we wrap today, one of the takeaways that we want to have, you know, as Rohit mentioned, is to take out that piece of paper, put your name at the top, and and write down five descriptions of yourself, five character traits, five ways you would define yourself, and begin each sentence with Rohit is, Kyle is, Glenn is. Something like, Loyal, dedicated, funny or fun-loving or something to that nature is, is not necessarily 
how you would define yourself. So think about that. Do that exercise and couple that with discovering what your goal is. So that's a takeaway from today's episode. So as we wrap, thanks again, gentlemen. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to the GYST podcast, Get Your Shit Together podcast, in this week's episode. We'll be right back with you next week for another fantastic episode. So don't forget to tune in. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 